The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Welcome to Straight Talk and Retirement. Your no-hype source for financial advice and making informed choices about your retirement plan. Get on the phone to talk today at 314-931-5877 or text your question to 84126. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and JBL Financial Services, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial now, here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, hello, St. Louis, and welcome to Straight Talk on Retirement. You're live and local, St. Louis's favorite financial call-in show. I'm Jeff Lapidus, president of JBL Financial Services. Our office are located in beautiful, a little gloomy this morning, downtown Olivet, Missouri. I am a 40-plus-year veteran of the financial services area, a fee-based financial planner and wealth manager. And I'm joined by my crew, my oldest prodigal daughter, Erin Lapidus, who also is a fee-based financial planner and wealth manager. And my son-in-law, Rob Markham, our life insurance and fixed annuity specialist. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We help our clients make smart choices about their money. The way we do that is by designing a game plan, a real game plan, a step-by-step strategy that has several goals in mind. First is to preserve, protect, and prudently grow the assets our clients have taken their entire lifetimes to accumulate. Second is to deliver a reliable stream of income, one that they can count on, so they can do all the things they'd like to do during retirement. And third is cost-effectively addressing their health care needs, like helping individuals enroll in Medicare and choosing the right plan to couple with their Medicare coverage. And then when they're done enjoying their assets during their lifetime, we show them how to pass them on to the people they love, whether it's their spouses or children, grandchildren, churches or charities, whoever it might be, with Uncle Sam or the tax courts taking a big bite out of their money. And as their wealth managers, Aaron and I, watch their money every single day to make sure they're staying on track. And that's why they call us the retirement coaches. Well, it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thanks so much for everybody tuning into our show this morning. We've got two hours of fun and information for you. We always like to say uh, we have a lot of things on our mind, but what's more important is what's on yours. Uh, Give us a call today. We'd love to hear your voice. 314-931- 5877 or 84126 from the text line. And um, there are lots of ways that you can keep in touch with Aaron and I and Rob during the week. That's right. Log on to our website, jblfinancial.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can click on the Contact Us button, request a coaching session, both financial or med- and Medicare, or either or, depending upon your situation. Or you can click on the lower left-hand side of the screen in the pop-up box that appears that says Sign Up for our monthly newsletter. We call it the Coach's Corner, and we also keep that archived on our website the last 6 to 12 months. Rob, we're almost finished with January, but 
let us know what is in that newsletter. Yeah, we're just sipping through this month. This is the uh, the last week before the new one comes out, so he's definitely going to want to check out the articles in this latest newsletter, the first one being Economy Staying Strong After a Worrisome Decline in the Back Half of 2022. U.S. Inflation-Adjusted Gross Domestic Domestic product has grown steadily. The third quarter of 2023 showed the strongest growth since the post-pandemic bounce back began. And our next article, really fun one. I've enjoyed this one all month. Can your personality influence your portfolio? The answer to that, yes. Uh, Researchers have been exploring this question and have reached some very eye-opening conclusions. Uh, For instance, if you're sociable, and action-oriented, your investment portfolio will look vastly different from someone who is neurotic and worry-prone. All in all, very interesting article. Um, it'll definitely make you think, and you can pigeonhole yourself and see which uh, personality... How neurotic which, are you? Right, which personality defect are you suffering from? <laughs> and our next article, do you have these key estate planning documents in order? Uh, your will, your durable power of attorney your advanced medical directives. You know, life is certainly unpredictable. Having these documents in order can save you a lot of time, trouble, and anxiety later on. And, you know, um, we met with a few current clients after the show last week, and they brought the newsletter along and had specific questions about that very article. So, you know, if you currently work with an advisor, maybe it's a that's a great one to bring along with you to make sure that you have everything in order if those documents are something that you might need, or bring it to our office when you come in to see us. Absolutely. And uh, the last article is don't forget about credit when planning for retirement. You know, you may be retired for longer than you were working, and you may have uh, a big ticket purchase item that you want to use a uh, credit to uh, to acquire, and you don't want to, you know, be subject to high interest credit card rates or interest on loans. Uh, keeping your credit in good standing and good order will help alleviate some of these problems as you go through retirement, and you'll be able to put your hands on loans and lines of credit at a reasonable rate of interest as opposed to. Um, unreasonable rates of interest. And, you know, um, a lot of clients attempt to get loans for various reasons in retirement, and they're all concerned if they're not showing as much income as they used to have. Uh, How are they able to secure the loan? And I would say before you finalize your paperwork with a loan officer, you might want to chat with your financial advisor, or if you work with us, chat with us to make sure you have everything that is reflective of the income that you're receiving from retirement accounts or after-tax accounts, and then also your entire portfolio. Because again, just yesterday, we had a client that unfortunately was denied a very small loan simply because they didn't provide all of that additional information and only really showed their social security income as opposed to their income from their retirement accounts and then also the true size of their net worth. I think uh, you can get to a situation where you're so, you know, just like a perfunctionary application just for a small loan and, you know, you don't expect to have to, you know, tell them everything, but you do. Yes, you do. Every single thing. They want to know. <laughs> That's right. We call it the Coach's Corner. You can access it by logging onto our website, jblfinancial.com. Click on that pop-up box that appears in the lower left-hand side of the screen. Just give us a little bit of your information, and we will send it right out to you every single month. Yes, we certainly like to do that. And just as a reminder for our new listeners... Um, all of our clients are folks that are like you. They are our listeners. They're 55 and older. 
they would like to retire or they're already retired and as Aaron mentioned our goal is to create a game plan for them so they can have a fun and financially successful retirement which is actually the fun for us so I know that uh, our phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you 314-931-5877 or 84-126 from the text line and if we don't have any texts or phone calls at this moment rob i think we might want to get into our first topic of the day i see the text line is unusually quiet right now so i think we're all clear for our first topic have you rebalanced your portfolio you know when your portfolio is out of balance it creates excess risk how how would you know if your portfolio is is out of balance that's a great question. Well, the first thing you want to do is determine what your risk tolerance is. Uh, that's the first determinant. First, of, first move on the chessboard, how much risk am I comfortable with? That would be the first move. And then the second move would be, you know, taking a look at, and most um, statements will show you the percentage of how you are invested. You might want to also chat with your investment professional to say, you know, I see that I'm in all of these funds or whatever type of securities you're holding, uh, either what's inside them or how is my portfolio tilted? Is it leaning towards technology? Is it leaning towards fixed income? Does it rely heavily on dividend-paying securities? Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, we're, when we're looking at folks' portfolio and their risk tolerances, again, we look at it from two levels. Number one is obviously is mix stocks to bonds to um to, to cash and the second level is are we over concentrated in specific areas there's nothing wrong with being over concentrated but the bottom line is is that uh, many folks don't realize this especially in their 401k plans um, most of us have multiple choices and frankly most of those choices especially in the stock part of the of your investing is generally in large cap portfolios. Um, your plan administrator is required to, and they do, um, provide information, and usually they're either short scripts on these or PDFs, whatever, whatever it would be, that you can access to look at the top holdings of these portfolios to really find out, as Aaron was mentioning, do we have concentrations in certain areas, whether it's technology or science or industrial, et cetera, um, so that you can really figure out whether or not um, you have an over-concentration because over-concentrations can also increase risk. And I think that's a great point because a lot of people assume if I'm holding a bunch of different securities in my portfolio, I must be diversified. But unfortunately, that's not always the case, especially when we're looking at um, securities that hold have multiple underlying securities, for example, mutual funds and index funds. They all comprise, like you mentioned, Dad, holdings that make up their portfolio. In many cases, those funds have 
some or significant overlap. So you could be holding two funds that all hold almost the identical underlying securities, which would create not only duplication for you, but could also then lead to some over-concentrations. And we've seen that a bunch of times where someone will come in with, you know, they own multiple mutual funds and it's a situation just like you're describing. It's it's very redundant and you're owning the same things in those mutual funds. So now you just have three of the same thing that are named differently rather than just one. Yes, and we know that the concept of diversification really comes back to the idea of smoothing risks. And also, it, in turn, it will smooth returns. Um, it isn't risk avoidance. So that, that's something that's very important. And, you know, if you don't rebalance your portfolio, you're in a situation where you aren't capturing the gains. Therefore, the gains aren't really real. And I think that most folks, even though they may realize it, but they don't always take the time, is that your retirement accounts are really the optimal place to do rebalancing and also capturing gains. Because as we know, making sales inside of those accounts, whether it's a Roth IRA or traditional IRA, 403B, or even a 401k plan, um, we don't realize any income tax incidents when we do portfolio rebalancing. So capture those gains, make them real, and at the end of the day, what, what are you doing? You're feeding the losers or the, the less performing parts of your portfolio with the better performing parts of your portfolio. Uh, but there's also another reason why portfolio rebalancing is really, really important. If you need the money to supplement your income or you need the funds to do other projects or other matters, when do you sell? I mean, you can't be driven uh, entirely by animal spirits, can you? I, you know, I, I, don't I don't think, think you so. should be. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I, like the, I like the idea of animal spirits um, as compared to, you know, rebalancing on a scheduled basis, whether it's quarterly, uh, whether it's semi-annually, even whether it's once a year is a mechanical function. And when you add more mechanics into your portfolio, um, you're really reducing the effect of animal spirits. And, you know, and what we're talking about here is really going back to our newsletter article, which is how do your emotions drive you? Um, as an example, during the last, I don't know, I would say during the last month and a half or so of coaching sessions that I've been having with clients, um, one of the big concerns that they're having is how will the election coming up in, if you can believe it, 10 months, um, how is that going to affect my portfolio? Um, I'm concerned about the outcomes. Well, you know, I would say as citizens, um, we're all concerned about the outcomes. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, our economy has survived good presidents and not so good presidents, good congresses, and not so good congresses. Um, adding that political emotion into your decision making um, can make it very difficult to make clear decisions in there. And that's why I think it makes a lot of sense to take some of these things and make them more mechanical. Um, and another example would be, let's just say that you're someone that after what happened at the end of 2022 decided that it was time to retreat either all or a part of your assets from market risk. You wanted to get involved more in fixed income as compared to the equity side. 
Well, this is the same question. How do I get reinvested if I'm out? And, you know, have I missed, you know, the thing is, have I missed the top? Are we at the top when I'm investing? I would tell you the answer is no. Historically, we look, and the fact is, is that the economy continues to move in a very positive and forward direction. And one thing that I have always said to clients is that if you feel that the best days of this country are behind us, then you may not want to be involved in, in investing. But I think that our future is bright. Uh, we know the, te- the technological gains we're seeing um, today are just incredible. They're enhancing our life. They're enhancing productivity. So I think um, our best days are here to come. We're on the way. No, you make a great point with, you know, if you were to get out at the end of 2022, given the news cycle was dour and downbeat and, you know, a few weeks into 2023 and, you know, the markets, uh, you know, on six weeks there, I mean, I don't think they had a down week. So, I mean, you never know when that turn is going to come, but the only way that you're along for the ride is if you're actually along for the ride. You can't, uh, because then you're faced with the prospect of, well, you know, it's easy to get out. How do you get back in? I mean, that's a great point. I think all of this conversation really centers around when you are investing, you have to have rules. And some of those rules are mechanical, meaning I'm going to rebalance or have my portfolio rebalanced twice a year, once a quarter, whatever you've made that decision. And then every time you really do need to pull the trigger because um, one of my favorite phrases is luck is the residue of design. You designed it this way so you don't have to be lucky when things you know turn around if they've been negative or if things aren't so positive you know eventually at least history has showed us that we'll see more positive times down the road that being said as we talked about at the beginning we want to make sure that your portfolio meets your risk tolerance so in those not so good times you aren't feeling as though you've taken on excessive risk um, in your portfolio and I think that um, one thing to remind are all the folks listening today that are still actively at work, and they plan on continuing to do so past the next, really, past the next six months, is that, as, is that it may seem the antithesis of this, but when you're making, when, you're, when you and your company are making contributions to your retirement accounts, you really prefer to buy things when they're down. Because what happens is, is that when they recover, those are where the gains come from. Right, because you bought so, more shares, theoretically, because more the same dollars bought more shares when they were less expensive. And now you have more shares that are all appreciating. Exactly. And we know that. If, you know, just think, I mean, you can just think to yourself, if I'm buying this, if I'm investing in the same funds that I did one year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Are they worth more today than they were then? And the answer, I'm sure, in many cases is yes. And if that is, guess what? You've seen the gain. And through the ups and downs, you've been investing dollar cost averaging, as it would be, um, across that period of time. And that's how you accumulate money, as my daughter likes to say, staying in the game. Um, I wanted to go back quickly to the conversation about the upcoming election this year. I, too, have heard that question i think in almost every single coaching session since the year began which is what's going to happen if 
someone is elected. And I just got whoever is elected. It doesn't matter what's going to happen if Biden's reelected, what's going to happen if a Republican is elected. Um, and I just looked back on the past two elections. If we looked at 2016, the market was down the night of the election based on the outcome. And during the Trump presidency, the returns were, were great uh, for most individuals, depending upon how you are invested. But then if we look at the last election, we saw a huge bounce leading into the Biden presidency, and we've had a little bit of a rough go. So, I, No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think um, a good way or a way I choose to look at the upcoming election is as just a bigger version of the government shutdown debate. If you can remember that one, sure. the world was going to end. We're, <laughs> right. we're not going to, you know, the street lights are going to go out. How are we going to pay for anything? And you know, you got to understand. A lot of times, the media, their job is to sell the story. You know, it's you know your job at home to you know judiciously parse what they're saying and choose what to believe and well, what to you know. Maybe but go, set to the side. Yeah, I think that would be. I think caution is is necessary here, but you don't want to be too cautious. And you know, you just want to know that you know these things have. We've had plenty of elections in the country. Country's still here, as Jeff says. We've had good executives. We've had bad ones. We've had ones in between. And we're all still here and we're all still doing our thing. So, you know, it's just important to, I think, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And that's, I mean, that kind of leads to there are two different types of events. There's emotional events, which I would categorize the election as an emotional event. And then there are things that are structural issues with the economy or structural changes to the economy. When we see rates rising, that doesn't necessarily mean we completely risk off the portfolio, meaning you know, move away from equities, but it does mean, are we looking at different equities potentially? And is that how we're balancing the portfolio? So not everything is all or nothing. No, I think some people um, look at, you know, these events, your government shutdowns, your elections, uh, these are like extinction level events, but they're, <laughs> they're really not. And they never were. And so you have to be a little bit judicious in how you, how you parse all this. Um, very good conversation. And we know that by rebalancing your portfolio, there are a lot of goals that you can satisfy. Obviously, one of them is um, keeping your portfolio in line with your risk tolerance, which is and, – and by the way, um, risk tolerance is fluid. Um, and we have found that in times where we're having either economic, political, etc. issues, folks tend to become – or want to become more conservative in their thinking. Um, at the same time, when the markets are running very positive, either because of news or, as Aaron was saying, because of structural events that may be occurring, uh, people tend to be a little bit more, a little less conservative. Uh, and in many cases, I know that in the relationships that we've created with clients, um, they don't. Risk know. is never about the gains. <laughs> that, well, well, that's right. And the fact is, is that as you become more comfortable with an investment advisor, um, and obviously you have history and you can measure their performance against your expectations, we find that many of our clients, um, there's risk tolerance. They, they're willing to turn up the heat a little bit because they're, they're, they're tr in many cases they're trusting our expertise. If they don't, they obviously would leave and we don't see that happening. So, you know, there are some there are some goals that you can satisfy. Obviously, one of them is getting your risk tolerance in line. Another one would be, as we discussed, capturing gains, making them real, making them a part of your portfolio. 
whether it's to actually rebalance the risk in their portfolio or create cash, which can then be used for for various other purposes. So once you've got your portfolio in line with your risk tolerance and you've captured some gains, you know, maybe you have a capital consumption project or something throughout the year that you'd like to create some income for. After you've done one and two, you segue right down into three. And then also this is another opportunity for you to have some tactical management of your portfolio. So if we use, for example, 2023, we saw a precipitous rise in a very small number of securities. If you happen to have been invested in those securities, maybe this is your opportunity to take some of those gains off the table and look at what you think the next potential sector of the economy or select number of securities are going to have their run. Yes. And then finally, um, rebalance your portfolio, adding a mechanical portion to your investing style. What that does is in many cases, it'll take out some of the emotion um, out of the investment decision. And as Rob would tell you from our monthly newsletter, um, it depends on whether you're if you tend to be more social and outing versus um, someone that's a little bit more reserved and conservative, whichever of those particular styles you happen to uh, resemble, your portfolio in many cases is going to resemble that as well. Uh, and I think that, you know, we focused, it seems almost entirely on uh, IRA or potentially Roth um rebalancing, meaning inside of retirement accounts where we have no tax consequences, but rebalancing your after-tax accounts where there are potential tax consequences is also another important piece of uh, your investing game plan because as certain securities potentially uh, appreciate in value, you may feel as though you're stuck with them because you don't want to create those capital gains. So being able to do a bit of tax harvesting, as they like to call it, um, when you see other securities down may give you the opportunity to deleverage yourself from places where you have high appreciation. Offset some of your losses with uh, some of those nice gains. That's a great idea. Well, you know, our phone lines are open. We would love to hear from you. 314-931-5877 or 84126 from the text line. And I think at this point, why don't we take our first break of the hour and hopefully we'll come back and get more of your texts and phone calls here on the Big 550 KTRS. Hey, KTRS listeners, Roger Wigandon here at Don Rogers Limited, 6727 West Main in Belleville. Well, after over 47 years in business, I've made the very difficult decision to retire and turn the page to the next chapter in my life. The month of January, we invite you to enjoy a discount of 30% off the regular price of our entire inventory of wonderful men's and women's apparel and accessories. Nothing is held back. Also, our beautiful building located on Main Street with dedicated parking and spacious living above the store is also for sale. Perfect for starting your own boutique. We'll leave a turnkey for you, including the fixtures. Our retirement sale is in progress at Don Rogers Limited. Don't forget we are open 9.30 to 4, Tuesday through Saturday. As always, park at the door, walk in, and get waited on. All sales will be final during our entire sale. I would love to see you, my great friends, again one last time. And as always, we thank you for listening to our commercial. Hello, I'm Florissant Mayor Tim Lowry. We are over 52,000 strong, and we are the largest municipality in St. Louis County. 
The City of Florissant is proud to once again be a co-sponsor with the Big 550 KTRS for the Backstoppers Radiothon. I came from a law enforcement family and had worked my way through the ranks to the position of Chief of Police before becoming Mayor. I know how important the Backstoppers are to the community and all the wonderful things they do for the families of our fallen heroes. Again, the City of Florissant is proud to support this year's Radiothon and thank you for all you do. We are Florissant strong. Be safe and stay healthy. Hi, this is Stuart Rosenblum, president of Stuart's American Mortgage. Stewie! Mortgages are the biggest investment that a person's going to make in their life. Yet most people don't know anything about it. Tune in for Mortgages and More with Stewie. That's me, where we can go over all the different types of mortgage programs in simple terms. You, me. Stewie! You'll become an expert after the first show. Listen to Mortgages and More with Stewie, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on KTRS. No better place and no better time to start saving than Neighbors Credit Union. You'll find great rates and flexible terms at Neighbors. You'll also find terrific CD specials. Best of all, your savings are safe, secure, and insured at Neighbors Credit Union, up to $500,000 per individual member. It's super easy to open up an account at Neighbors Credit Union. Stop by one of their eight area branches or visit the website, neighborscu.org. That's neighborscu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Additional insurance by ESI. This is Mariah, third generation at Newsetters Fine Jewelry. Buying an engagement ring can be intimidating. At Newsetters, we ensure a complete understanding of your purchase. We offer a choice in both lab and mine-grown diamonds and are able to work with any budget. Let our family help educate you on your choice at Big Ben and Doherty Ferry or at wowdiamonds.com. Where is a great time to work on your trees? Hi, I'm Steve with River City Tree Service, your go-to tree service since 2008. Whether you want to trim your trees, need some deadwooding, or you want a tree removed in the stump ground, choose the ISA certified arborist at River City Tree Service in Baldwin. Right now, we're offering a winter special that will save you a lot of money. Call 314-270-8071. That's 314-270-8071. River City Tree Service. Whenever there's a mission of need in our community, KTRS is always leading the parade. And this time, we asked you to join us during the KTRS Radiothon to support Backstoppers. Backstoppers showed up, and they reassured me that I had nothing to worry about. The generous support from our sponsors and you will help the Backstoppers continue their mission to be the safety net for fallen first responders in Missouri and Illinois. Whatever money you donate, it'll be money well-managed and well-spent on these families. The KTRS Radiothon to support Backstoppers. Thank Thank you. Because KTRS cares. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Great Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, welcome back to Straight Talk on Retirement. It's 935 here on the Big 550. We're halfway through hour number one of our show, and I know we've got a caller on the line. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, good morning, Aaron and Jeff. I love your show. Thank you so much for your great information. I have a question. I am collecting Social Security, and I have been for several years. I'm eight months shy of full retirement age. But my question is, I do work part-time, and I'm real careful about the maximum allowable. But my question is, is the maximum allowable penalty based, if I go over that maximum allowable, is it based on the yearly total or do they break it down by quarters or, or months? So can I make 
$30,000 next month in February, and then I'm going to get penalized because I'm over? Does that make sense? They calculated on a yearly basis, and they just changed this year's uh, take-back limit. It was 21240 now it is twenty two thousand three hundred and twenty, so it's about an eleven hundred dollar increase in what you can make. And they'll take back if you go over that one dollar for every two that you earn over it. Except for and I would never say this again in the public, Kathy, but it sounds like Kathy is in the year that she turns normal retirement age. She is. Yes. The year that you're you're turning your normal retirement age, it's one dollar for every three that you earn over fifty nine thousand five hundred and twenty. Oh, perfect. Then I'm okay. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> well that's great to hear. You get both all of your income from your hard work and all of your social security from all of that hard work. Yes. Thank you so much. I did not realize that. So I appreciate that very much. Yes, and I was and I was going to mention, Kathy, one other way that you can certainly help yourself in this situation um, is because you are actively at work is by uh, making contributions to your retirement accounts. Yes, that's Perfect. good. So, and those limits have increased as well for this last year. So, uh, you sound great. So, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, you for your show. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, now that we've exhausted our calls and texts for the moment, thanks, Kathy, for breaking the ice. Uh, Dad, did you want to kick off our Rock Stars of the Week segment? Um, yes, I'd like to do that. And, you know, we we love to tell stories about um, prospective clients, folks that we visited with, and we do this very often, really on a weekly basis with new folks that are interested in retirement, they want to come in for a coaching session to find out and may have ask, am I a rock star? And again, we, we define rock stars as folks that either have more capital and or income um, to satisfy their long-term needs and are in a situation where their withdrawal rates are within a prudent range so that with the hope that their capital can be maintained over a long period of time. Um, so we want to talk about Sue and her husband, Sam. Um, Sue, they're both 65 years old, and um, they happen to have been clients of ours for about five years. Sam is semi-retired. He's been retired for about three years at this point. Aaron doesn't love that the husband's retired first, but she'll, she'll get over it. And, um, but their, and their primary source of income has been Sue's job, her earnings. Um, they've been terrific savers and investors during their working lifetime. So let's give a little bit of background here on where they're sitting in terms of their retirement assets. They have $1.3 million in IRA assets, 65000 in Roth IRA assets, $1.2 million in trust assets from the sale of a prior business, and $70,000 in their vault and they have no mortgage, home equity line of credit, or credit card debt. Do they have any children? Well, of course they do. They've oh. got, they've got, they, they, they have two children, and they've still managed to accumulate a bunch of money, and which, which is wonderful. And pay and, off all of their debt, which is fabulous. And that's really one of the keys um, we have found in terms of folks being rock stars, which is the pulls on their income, 
because their children are grown. Uh, they're actively at work, beginning their careers, and also not having long-term debt like mortgage obligations, um, large credit card balances, some equity lines of credit. By not having these pulls on their income, it makes those inflows, whether it's Social Security, pensions, etc., cetera, uh, much more valuable. So uh, we sat down with them and we found that after a discussion, uh, their current spending is running approximately 6000 a month after tax. So they have a nice lifestyle. They're, it, it's obviously been reduced a little bit by inflation at this point, but they're able to do all the things they'd like to do. Um, certainly that includes lifestyle expenses as well. And we know we have to scale that $6,000 up for taxes, so that would leave us with a estimated monthly goal of 7200 we know that, um, and we like to say at the end, which is we always like to measure things from the back end, which is what happens when the faucets are turned on, i.e. when both of them would be taking their normal Social Security retirement benefits, which would be at 67. Um, they'll be re- they will be receiving about $5,700 per month. Um, you know, Kathy, our last caller, was asking about doing work and are we, are they hitting the social security limits? Well, in this particular case, because of the assets that they have, um, we've recommended that, um, that Sam not elect for his social security benefits at that particular moment, um, because they have other income as well as availability to Roth and other assets at that point. So when we take these two numbers together. We find that when they do both elect their social security benefits, uh, 5700 a month. We're only going to be about $1,500 a month short, 18000 per year. And if we divide that number by 4%, which is what we consider a prudent rate of withdrawal, that tells us that the capital that they'll need to sustain that income flow um, over a long period of time using the 4% prudent withdrawal rate is about 450000 well, as obviously, when we compare four hundred fifty thousand to their uh, current assets that they have, woohoo! They're rock stars, and their withdrawal rate obviously is very, very small. Naturally, what this does is this really creates a lot of questions, um, not only directly from them, but also questions that we have to ask ourselves as planners to help them and provide them with the best level of advice. Do we wait two years to elect Social Security benefits, considering the Social Security take-backs for each of them, Sue's consulting, Jim's music gigs? Sam's music gigs, unless um, Sue has a boyfriend. Exactly. Sorry about that. <laughs> that, that that's uh, his gig. So that that's kind of fun. And at this point, we made a recommendation that um, that they could wait. Well, if they do make that decision to do so, what 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 do they have to do then, babe? So we need to consider how much additional capital we're going to need to basically replace Social Security income for the years that they are not taking it. So if we know that they need seventy two. Um, thousand a year for two years that's about a hundred and forty four thousand dollars after tax that's eighty four thousand times two years is a hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars 
which we would then add, which then we would then add to the four hundred fifty thousand of I like to call that the milk money capital. So between those two, on a on a pre tax basis, we're looking at approximately um, six hundred thirty eight thousand, which again is they they obviously have that asset level they can support. And essentially what we're doing here, since we threw a lot of numbers out, is that for those gap years where Sue and Sam are not electing their Social Security benefits, we have to make up their entire income. So we like to take the conservative possible approach by saying, if we set aside your income for those years that we won't be taking Social Security, when we got to the point you took Social Security... Would you still have enough assets, assuming no growth in your portfolio over that time? Yes, and and, um, and that's one of the ways works, we can right. kind of right, and it works because in this one of the ways we determine if it's a viable strategy is would Sue and Sam have enough when we got to the point that they elected their Social Security benefit at sixty-seven years old, respectively. Um, would they still have enough money to maintain the lifestyle that they've created? In their case, yes. So that means that it is a viable strategy for us to hold off on one or both of their Social Security benefits. And, you know, this really becomes a, I like to call this a feel-good decision. We know that they're going to have enough capital. We're confident they have enough capital, the 450, when they retire. Um, when they're both fully retired and they're both getting their Social Security benefits. If it made them feel more comfortable to elect uh, Sam's benefit, which is a smaller benefit at that point, um, that's okay. Or they shoot themselves in the foot, not really because they have sufficient other uh, capital to make up the difference between that and the normal retirement benefit. I think before we get to the rest of Sue and Sam's questions, we should take our second break of the hour, and we even have a few text questions from our first topic to get to. So please hang with us. We'll be right back after a few messages. Jason Lennox here with Beck & Lennox Estate Planning and Elder Law. Our law firm is beginning its 50th year of helping families protect their estates, take full advantage of tax benefits available to them, and incorporate charitable gifts into their estate plans. Call our office at 636-946-7899 or go online at beckelderlaw.com to schedule a free phone consultation with one of our attorneys. That's beckelderlaw.com. Schaefer Auto Body Centers is proud to be your community collision repair center for nearly 40 years. As Schaefer Auto Body Centers, we offer best-in-class auto body repairs with a lifetime warranty and OEM gold standard guarantee. We can also handle your auto glass needs through our glass division, SOS Auto Glass and Calibrations. Visit SOS-AutoGlass.com. Look come to your home or business. At Schaefer Auto Body Centers, we strive for a seamless, hassle-free customer experience. Visit SchaeferAutoBody.com to learn more about our services. Hello, I'm Florissant Mayor Tim Lowry. We are over 52,000 strong, and we are the largest municipality in St. Louis County. The City of Florissant is proud to once again be a co-sponsor with the Big 550 KTRS for the Backstoppers Radiothon. I came from a law enforcement family and had worked my way through the ranks to the position of Chief of Police before becoming Mayor. I know how important the Backstoppers are to the community and all the wonderful things they do for the families of our fallen heroes. Again, the City of Florissant is proud to support this year's Radiothon and thank you for all you do. We are Florissant strong. Be safe and stay healthy. 
You're selling your home, and I want to buy it. This is Mike Robinson with Robank Properties, and I am ready to pay top dollar for your home. No contingencies, no inspections, no monkey business. I buy your home no matter the condition or location, and you walk away with cash. Call me, Mike Robinson, at 314-283-0867, 314-283-0867, or at robangproperties.com. That's R-O-B-A-N-G, properties.com. In the world we live in, addiction is everywhere, but recovery is possible. At Illinois Recovery Center, they treat the addiction, but they also treat you. The professional staff utilizes individual therapy, group therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy so you can gain control of your thoughts and then gain control of your life. Evidence-based treatment programs can get you on the path to sobriety. The beautiful new facility in Swansea, Illinois, has a safe and inclusive environment. When you're ready to break free and live your life, please go to IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. Winter is here, and that means snow, ice, and sometimes dangerous cold. The air quality experts at Aldon would like to remind you to schedule your furnace maintenance now. Aldon will inspect and service your furnace or boiler for proper operation and ventilation to avoid health or safety issues. And remember to inspect and service your humidifiers. St. Louis winters can turn harsh quickly. Being prepared saves lives. Mention KTRS and receive $40 off any repair job over $200. Some restrictions apply. Call the indoor air quality specialists at Aldon at 314-567-5585 or visit al-don.com. Diana from Newstetter's Fine Jewelers here to remind you, we don't just offer the best pieces, we offer one of the last master hand engravers in our country. My father can create timeless, personal, and unforgettable pieces. Come by our showroom at the corner of Big Ben and Doherty Ferry or learn more online at wowdiamonds.com. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, we're back for our last segment of our number one here on the Big 550 KTRS. It's Straight Talk on Retirement. And before we get to our text messages, what I'd like to do is is just to mention that we know that a lot of our listeners, and we certainly appreciate them coming in and visiting us with Coach Assistants, they also do work, in many cases, do seek out other folks that are actually advertisers um, on the station. Um, I've had an opportunity to work with um, Beck Elderlaw firm, and it's not just Rudy. He has a bunch of other uh, very capable attorneys that work for him, and I want to give him a plug because um, he's done a good job for many of our clients. So if you're in a situation where you do have to deal with or you're thinking you may have to deal with uh, nursing home, assisted living, whether it's – Medicaid spend down. Um, he's a very good resource. That's great. So, Dad, did you want to get to a couple of these text questions before we got back to Sue and Sam? Um, I think that's a, I think that's a good idea. All right. And our first texter writes: Do you use individual income funds or bond funds, especially in this rate environment? So we always believe that the fixed income portion of the portfolio is an important piece to have to create balance. Um, And I would say that in the past when we saw the rates rising, we did move away from bond funds uh, to avoid market fluctuation. And now that we see some stability in the rates, we have added bond funds back into our portfolios. I think that as Aaron was mentioning, in an environment that we're in today – we happen to focus more on 
credit quality as well as maturity. Um, Long-term bonds happen to be more volatile in terms of their ups and downs um, than shorter-term security. So at this point, when you're riding the rate curve up, you want to be on a shorter maturity cycle, CDs, money markets, etc. As rates go down, that's where you're able to see capital appreciation and longer-term security. So um, it's a balance, uh, very much like you're balancing the mix in your equity portfolio. You're doing the same thing um, in the fixed income side. And our next texter writes, do most firms have a rebalanced notice built into their clients' portfolios so they stay within their personal guardrails? I would say we can't speak to what other firms do, but – you should absolutely have that conversation with your advisor. Am I in an account that automatically rebalances? Or what is your strategy for ongoing rebalancing? How often do you rebalance? What objective, what, you know, what uh, um, criteria do you use in rebalancing? Or is it mechanical? And then I would just speak to ourselves, which is that we do rebalance the uh, client accounts uh, every six months. Yes, and, and we also do have, in many cases, uh, managers that uh, rebalance those portfolios even more frequently, even on a quarterly basis. So um, the answer is yes, we do that. We think it's important. And so we talk the talk, but we also walk the walk. And our last question is clarification on Kathy's question, please. If I'm turning full retirement age in, in September 2024 and I'm collecting Social Security and working part time, do I still need to keep uh, my earnings under 22320 up until September or can I make 56520 starting in the year starting in the year 2024? It is the latter. The year you turn full retirement age, in your case 2024, you will be governed by that $56,520 number. And also keep in mind, if you happen to bump above that slightly, you have a little bit more cushion than you did in the past. You only pay back $1 for every three that you earn over the 56000 mark. So you get a little benefit in two ways as you approach your normal retirement age. And then once you've reached full retirement, there's no take back anyway. You can earn as much as you'd like. Go back to work full time. <laughs> Why retire? <laughs> yes, basically the shackles are off, which which is nice. It gives you that kind of flexibility. And you know that was something that we were really addressing with our our last rock star of the week segment, which we'll continue at this moment um, about Sue and Sam. You know they they had an income. They were in a situation where um, when they do decide to elect Social Security, they were going to put these off until uh, their normal retirement age. Um, Most of their income was going to be uh, needs were going to be covered by their Social Security benefits, but they still did need and did require some additional income at that point. And we certainly haven't addressed um, capital needs that also might happen um, during the future. And I would just say one quick point on the social security conversation, which is that if you're working with an advisor and you're planning for your retirement, I would definitely spend time making mention what your plans are in retirement because some individuals have no intention of going back to work no matter what the offer might be. Some people that are retiring say, "Well, I'll hear I'll hear them out uh, if I 
receive an offer to go back to work part-time or on my terms, which we've heard quite a few people that head into retirement are asked to come back to assist in some way. Maybe that's more amenable to their schedules or less hours, things along those lines. You definitely Work from home. Work from home. You definitely want to be clear with your advisor so they can give you the best possible advice. Like Sue and Sam knew that they were going to earn some additional and potentially substantial income before they got to 67 when uh, they no longer have the issue of the take back. So we were able to plan for holding off on taking their Social Security benefit and not have to retroactively either decide to pay it back, which you can do within the first year that you've elected it, or just have to live with a take back. Yeah, yes. And, you know, naturally that then leads to the next question is, from where should we draw the income that we need during our pre-social security income period? This basically this replacing this $72,000 worth of net income, 84,000 a year of gross income. And they really have options. Um, Options are they could certainly pull money from retirement accounts. They would be taxable, but we know that based on their current adjusted gross income, that number is going to keep them in a very low tax bracket. They have Roth IRA assets, which they certainly could draw from. We tend to, however, really kind of put these aside for most of our clients for big ticket item purchases that happen. And then certainly they do have their vault. They have over a million dollars of non-retirement assets, which they can either draw income or cash flow and actually have no income tax. Which is a nice situation. or tax preferred if they happen to have some long-term capital gains in there, right? And, and then finally, um, where do we draw the income from after we begin our Social Security benefits? Again, very similar questions, but we know that people's lives are very fluid. Um, whether they go back to work or they don't, whether Sam continues to do gigs or does does more gigs. His income may grow, and, and that's something, obviously, him having the availability and his wife around to be with him to go to those gigs um, might put him in a situation where that income flow might increase so that where we're taking the money from is very important. At the same time, um, what we're also very cognizant of, and not in their, this particular situation, but in most other folks, is that we don't want to drain their after-tax assets completely and really make them the first source because we know that they may be needed in the future for other capital projects and taking large amounts of money from your um, retirement plans certainly can increase not only your effective tax rate, but your marginal tax rate. And that's something we really need to think about um, and consider. And I would say that, you know, We've had the conversation pretty frequently about taxes in retirement. Many people um, have some apprehension around that, thinking that they're going to be more complicated or more expensive. And our argument has always been, and I think that Sue and Sam are an excellent example of this, which is that in retirement, you have more control over your taxes because you get to decide or you have assistance in deciding where your assets are, where your cash flow is coming from. Can we, over a long period of time, regulate your tax bracket using your multiple sources of potential income? Or are we stuck in one bracket because you might uh, be on the other side of things and lucky that you have some very substantial fixed income sources, like in addition to Social Security, potentially pension benefits? So I would say that there there's only positive planning when we get to retirement. 
And don't touch that dial because we'll be right back for hour number two of Straight Talk Government right after these messages. For your money, it's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Hour number two, Straight Talk and Retirement here on the Big 550 KTRS. Had a lot of fun in the first hour talking about rock stars and other things, but at this point, what we like to do is kick off this hour with our smart choices about your health care segment that we love to do every single week. Yes, we do. And we just received a great text. I promise it's not from a relative. Your show is better than all the others because you actually take questions and answer them without having to come into your offices. So, you know, if you have Medicare questions, now is the time. Please text us 84126 on the text line or Give us a call, 314-931-5877. We'd love to answer those Medicare questions for you. Because you care, we talk Medicare. <laughs> Let's go. Well, tell us. Tell me a little bit about uh, Dan and Patty. Dan and Patty both have exceptional health. They go to the gym regularly. They play in pickleball leagues. Be careful right. during your pickleball tournaments, guys need more pickleball injuries. Uh, injuries than I can count at this point. They travel. They diet. They live an overall active lifestyle. You love to see it. Both are very serious about the, their health. Therefore, they take their preventatives very seriously. Dan and Patty asked, when they come on to Medicare, how will preventatives be covered? I mean, this is a great question, because, especially um, if you've worked for a larger employer and you have the opportunity to lower your premium or receive rebates for actually taking part in preventative services, going to the doctor, having your regular screenings. Unfortunately, Medicare does not create additional benefits for you um, when we're dealing with preventative care. However, Almost all preventative care is covered under Medicare Advantage plans as well as your supplement at no additional charge to you, which is great. Let's talk a little bit about what some of the preventative care services are. Annual visits to your primary. Flu shots. Flu shots. Annual blood work. Colonoscopies. So that would be, you know, colonoscopy. Let's not talk about colonoscopy. I try to keep it to a minimum, <laughs> sir. Then, uh, right, this guy's almost old enough anyway. Um, then also you'll want it, men's wellness as well as women's wellness. Those are all covered at no extra charge to you. There are additional screenings that um, are considered preventative at no extra charge to you. Uh, Abdor- abdominal aortic. Aneurysm. Aneurysm screening, alcohol misuse screening, cardiovascular disease screening, depression, obesity, diabetes, prostate, and lung cancer screening. So when we mentioned lung cancer screenings to Dan, he let us know that he uh, used to be a smoker, so he gets lung screenings once a year, and he asked, you know, how will these lung screenings be covered, especially if you're going to elect a Medicare Advantage plan, if you know that you have ongoing testing or annual testing, you want to know, am I going to have a, a copay associated uh, with those screenings? And the nice news is that... Um, Medicare has laid out the criteria specifically for all of these um, 
different screenings, and if we're looking at uh, lung cancer screenings, uh, it includes anyone that's between 55 and 77, has no signs of lung cancer, and uh, is either currently a smoker or has quit within the last 15 years. So as long as you meet those screenings, I mean those criteria, you won't have an additional copay when you get to Medicare Advantage, and also the supplemental plans will cover that for you too. And I resemble that remark, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, oh, first text question of our Medicare moment. This always wakes them up, and our Medicare texter writes, what is your Medicare recommendation for someone who is eligible for TRICARE? Thanks, Bill. TRICARE is fantastic. It is considered essentially full coverage for you um, in retirement. However, if you are interested in chatting with someone, I would absolutely recommend coupling your TRICARE with a Medicare Advantage plan. You don't pay anything for the Medicare Advantage plan in most cases. There's no monthly premium. But what this does is it's going to open up your options for you. One, it's going to give you access to all those extra benefits that we like to talk about, the dental, the vision, the hearing the fitness benefit if you work with an Aetna policy, um, over-the-counter benefits. It's also going to widen your doctor network. You'll have access to whichever insurance company you select their network, not just VA physicians. And it's you'll have the choice of with uh, your prescriptions. I know that the VA covers prescriptions exceptionally well, but if you happen to have a medication that isn't covered as well under the VA, or it's easier for you to fill um, at the uh, preferred provider with the Medicare Advantage plan, uh, you get to choose how you access your benefits. So I would absolutely take a look at just coupling your TRICARE with a Medicare Advantage plan that fits you, um, and that'll give you not only comprehensive coverage, but you'll get a few extra goodies with it. You know, know, that's wonderful advice, honey, and I know that I'm hoping that next week we might be having a conversation about your dear old dad. Next week? Yeah. Oh, yes. My two favorite Medicare clients. Oh. Oh, yes. Mom and dad. Finally grown up. Finally, fully grown up as of February 1st. Yes, I certainly want to talk a little bit about the, I would say, the positive experience I've had um, with my my staff. It has been in in getting me there, but it's a little scary. I got to tell you, you know, we've helped thousands of Aaron and and Frank. Frank have helped thousands of folks uh, get enrolled in these Medicare supplement and, and traditional plans. And, you know, when it's your time. Some people scary. ask a, a, a lot a, of questions. I don't ask any. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was, the, I was the easy one. I said, we have Aaron. Sometimes when people, when clients have access to your cell phone number, they text after office hours <laughs> questions that you might not well, have the information for because you're enjoying your evening. That's the beauty of having um, having your cell phone number. You can reach out and talk to your advisor at any moment. <laughs> at especially, especially, especially if it's your mom. That you know, especially if it's your mom. But back to uh, Dan and Patty for a quick moment. I think this is a really important topic, which is what 
is going to be covered for you at no extra charge when you join Medicare because you are used to certain things being covered for you, potentially using individual coverage or uh, using a group-sponsored plan. It's great to know all of the things that are going to be included for you that you don't have to pay an additional charge for, not only so you can be prepared, but so you can take advantage of all of the extra benefits that you are entitled to. And when I talk about extra benefits, that doesn't just mean you know, being able to buy the -the over-the-counter stuff at Walgreens, but it really means that um, all of the health services offered to you that you don't have to dip into your pocket for. That's fabulous. And I was going to say, you know, the ladies' health screenings are obviously different than men's, but we get down to it, um, a physical exam benefit is a little bit different a wellness visit is really covered a little differently as well, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's a great point. So when you call into your doctor's office and you would like to have your annual wellness visit, you're going to want to let them know that it's a wellness visit because that way your doctor has a few things that they are required to complete uh, with Medicare so that it is billed to you at no extra charge. Now, you might think, well, I have a Medicare Advantage plan. When when I go see the primary, there's no charge anyway. There are some services included in the wellness visit, like your annual blood work and some annual screenings that are not just covered in, an, in a normal exam. So you will want to differentiate for the individual that you're making the appointment with. Also, for some plans, that requires that the doctor have a certain amount of time with you. So you'll want to make sure the doctor's office knows that because the doctor's office has certain things that they have to meet in order for that visit and everything they're in to be covered at no extra charge for you. Yeah, making sure they code it right. Um, you know, it's very easy for, you know, someone to code it as a physical when it really is a wellness uh, assessment. Also, you want to be able to be sure to get all the services that the wellness visit in- includes to just a quick chat with the doctor. Absolutely. And, you know, what's so nice is, is that with our office and, um, you know, our, our job doesn't really stop after you've uh, made a purchase decision. We're there, our staff is there to assist you in dealing and, and smoothing things out if things aren't correct. And, and we do interface with physician offices if necessary, um, as well as the carriers for you because we're on the payroll. That's right. Beautiful to have Frank on the payroll. It's like, hey, um, they sent me a bill. I don't think I'm responsible. Can you look into, I mean, how much anxiety must that save? Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, Frank talked about an example from last week where there was an exorbitant bill that needed to be dealt with that he assisted with. I heard a call just last week where, you know, we had helped an individual transition from one plan to another for this year, and they were actually receiving services throughout the entire, throughout the December January transition and the insurance companies were fighting with one another as to who owed who needed to make payment and Frank was there to help get things sorted out. I just love the fact that, you know, the first move on the chessboard doesn't have to be to flip around your Medicare card and get the number out. No, I can reach out to Frank and t- tell him what's going on and then we can go from there. So it's, you know, you have people on your side that are swimming with the tide with you as opposed to you know, now I have to speak to someone that, you know, doesn't know me from Adam. Right. That's terrific. And again, our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. 314-931-5877 or 
1-2-6 from the text line. And speaking I, of that text line, uh, before we get back to our rock star segment, we have a Medicare question, and our texter writes, can you couple your CHAMP VA with a Advantage plan, and what is the difference between CHAMP VA and tri- versus TRICARE? So I am not an expert in VA benefits, but I do know how they work with Medicare. So you can couple CHAMP VA benefits with TRICARE benefits. And unfortunately, there there are two different programs that the VA offers, TRICARE and VA. Sometimes they're confused, but essentially they're two separate programs. And one and the main difference between them is if you're eligible for TRICARE, you aren't eligible for CHAMP benefits. So you'll know the difference between the two if you are using either of them. Uh, I don't want to go into any additional detail as I'm not an expert in this area, be, so I don't want to give out any information that isn't exactly correct on that. Gotcha. Fair enough. Which is great. And again, our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you, 314-931-5877 or 84126 from the text line. Um, I, I hope things, uh, folks, are thawing out. I know you had a pretty tough uh, go at the weather last week. Well, now it's turned into some sort of tropical chill. Like it went from being so cold to uh, it's like 40, 45 degrees now. So now we have like we're inundated with fog. Right. We're practically in San Francisco or something. You can't see the tops of buildings or anything. (laughs) I mean, I'll take the fog and uh, the gloomy weather as opposed to uh, subarctic. Right. That's fabulous. Okay. Isn't it um, fabulous? (laughs) Babe, I was going to say, do we want to take our first break of the hour uh, and then get back to our our subject matter? Yes, let's take our first break of the hour. And hopefully you were listening during our first hour because we definitely want to get back to Sue and Sam, our rock stars of the week. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. There's nothing like the aroma of your favorite entree cooking outside on the grill. And there's nothing like the thermal efficiency of a big green egg to slow cook, sear, bake, or smoke that favorite entree. Frank Blair from Schnars Hardware here to tell you we have a big green egg to fit your needs. There are seven sizes of big green eggs, so we're sure to have one that's right for you. We stock every size, from the double extra large to cook for a crowd. That thing is huge. And heavy. All the way down to the green egg mini. It's so cute. Perfect for picnics or tailgating. Don't forget to accessorize. We also stock accessories and sauces and rubs to complement any meal. So come to Schnars Hardware and let us help you get grilling with a big green egg. Or go to schnars.com to see what's in stock, find our locations and hours, or to shop online. Grilling's easy when you start at Schnars. This is Jeff Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, that you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email, jeff at jblfinancial.com, to arrange your free coaching session. Let's get started on your retirement game plan today. 
Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, welcome back to the show. We're on segment number two of our number two of Straight Talk on Retirement. I'm Jeff Lapidus, the retirement coach. I'm Aaron Lapidus, the retirement coach. And I'm Robert Markham, your life insurance and fixed annuity sales specialist. We do have one quick text to wrap up our Medicare segment. And our texter writes, what is the income limit that would cause you to pay more for your monthly Medicare? You got that there? Well, I'm going to give you two numbers. I'm going to give you the individual, and then I'm going to give you the joint. So So, married filing jointly? So if you're an individual, it's 103,000 or less. If you're filing jointly, it's 206000 or less. Now, there are other brackets as your income increases that, that are banded that would force you into even higher monthly Medicare payments, but that first threshold is, is 103 correct. versus 206. And I'll just take it to that payment is going to be 174.70 for your Part B premium. If it's under that number. Correct. And the next level up would be 103.01 to 129. And then if that's individual and filing jointly, it would be 206 to 258,000. And that's going to be $244.60. And that's you know. above and beyond the 174 that you are paying. And also, if you happen to be married filing jointly, it unlike Social Security take back where the Social Security looks specifically at the filer's income, not at or. Um, earned income versus the joint filing. This is a joint filing situation. So if you have a spouse that is earning significantly more or you're taking large distributions from retirement accounts or you have a large position in municipal bonds that are paying um, interest to you, they're going to look at the full tax return to determine where your Medicare Part B premium should be. It's not an individual basis. So both couple, both people in the couple get hit with that increase. So good rule of thumb, if you're an individual, once you get on the uh, the wrong side of 103000 you're looking at an increase. And if you're filing jointly, that number goes up to 206000 Perfect. And those and numbers what, are adjusted on an annual basis. And there's a, there, isn't there a tier above that? There are several tiers above that. Yes, it goes... <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the very top tier? The very top tier, if you're lucky enough to make $500,000 or more a year, you'll be paying $594. More. Which, more. So, the, so more, four, more, that, more than the 174 Correct. It's 174 plus an additional $419.30. And if you're uh, filing jointly, if you're lucky enough to make over $750,000. That'll be the same. Uh, so if you notice the first tier, it's just a doubling if you are married filing jointly. But once you get to the top tier, it's not quite a doubling. That's sort of what we might call a good problem to have, though, if, you, if you're uh, filing jointly and, you know, you have uh, income in excess of 750000 I guess, I mean, but if you go to the grocery store to buy bread, if you earn 750000 or you earn 20000 a year, you still pay the same price. I'm just true. saying. Well, it, it's it's not a good ha- problem to have if it's your problem. I guess that's fair. You know, which it, et cetera. But I do want to say, ooh! <laughs> right. <laughs> the, 
that's a that's a lot of money. I mean, but you're think looking of all at the over great you're looking over you well, you're looking at over seven hundred dollars a month, and that's per person. So you're looking at fourteen hundred dollars a month on the top tier. It's almost eighteen thousand dollars. Part B. It's almost eighteen thousand dollars a year. But you also get that over the counter benefit. Remember, if you choose oh, Medicare Advantage. Right. <laughs> and if you have a good, uh, if you have a good agent that's giving you a consultation on what's the right plan to choose. So. Well, for some people that are newly joining Medicare, we could always alter your income to adjust for that. Dad. Not at the seven hundred thousand dollar <laughs> level. Or over five hundred. That's that's a little bit more difficult which is great again our phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you 314-931-5877 or 84-126 from the tax line and maybe we'll get back to our rock stars about sue and sam yes let's do a quick review before we get back that's a good idea let me do that very quickly which is um you know sue and sam are getting ready to retire um, they've got about two years till they're eligible for their full Social Security normal retirement benefit based on their re- the level of retirement assets and non-retirement assets that they have. Um, we've determined that based on their income flow, they'll be rock stars. Uh, we'll have more cash flow and more capital than they need to support that, that lifestyle. But that's really just game plan number one of a retirement game plan. When we're measuring, first thing we did, we measure was how are things going to be when we're both together? And healthy. And healthy. The second thing we talk about is what happens if one spouse uh, predeceases the other? Will the capital, will the income flow be sufficient for them, for that surviving spouse to maintain their lifestyle? In this particular case, uh, we know that that's, that, that will be the case, um, even though one of them will lose a Social Security benefit. Um, they have enough capital so that we can replace that. As Aaron said, after we talk about when you're a lot, we'll call it living benefits, survivor benefits, we then have to go to what if you're not healthy? Right, and and one of the uh, reasons this was a topic of conversation in our ver- in our coaching session with Sue and Sam was because Sue told us that her mom had spent several years in an assisted living facility before passing away. And it was, unfortunately, a very significant drain on her assets. And they obviously would like to avoid this same fate if possible. And Sue's really in good health today and could qualify for long-term care insurance. Uh, Sam probably couldn't, unfortunately. What are the options that we should consider? Well, if we assume the monthly cost for a, chronic, for a chronically ill spouse is $8,000 a month, and if we assume that the cost for the living expenses for the other spouse is $2,500, the total income needed will be 10000 11000 almost. Eleven, Almost $11,000. Now, we know Social Security comes in and it makes up 5700 of that uh, amount needed, but we're left with a shortfall of about $5,300. That's right. And if we have $5,300 over the course of a year, that's about 62000 And... Luckily, that's right at the 4% rate of withdrawal for Sue and Sam. So a few things here. The first being is that we like to look at long-term care insurance truly as disability insurance, meaning we need to create some additional income for the spouse that has become chronically ill. 
because we know that expenses will have increased. It's almost the opposite of uh, disability insurance where you're losing income because of an illness. We're just going to increase your expenses because of an illness. But if we look at long-term care in a vacuum, it becomes incredibly expensive. We're looking at, you know, funding an $8,000 a month benefit. But Rob, as you pointed out, Social Security is not going to stop. Thank God. (laughs) Also, your investment income is not going to stop in whatever way we have constructed it. Now, we might have to add to that, like we mentioned with uh, Sue and Sam, they're going to need additional income if this were to happen. But the shortfall is substantially less than what you would consider just the price of using a long-term care facility, you know, at the assisted living or skilled nursing level. Um, And this is why we can, and, you know, Sam and Sue are a perfect example here that if your assets exceed about $1.5 million, long-term care insurance isn't necessarily a requirement for you. It could be what we like to call a security blanket. If you fall below $1.5 million but above $200,000, you are really in the sweet spot where using long-term care insurance can be almost like homeowner's insurance for your portfolio. You're protecting your assets against that... Um, need for Medicaid spend down uh, in order to get into the government's pocket to help cover. So there are obviously several options they can consider here. Um, As Aaron mentioned, because of the level of assets they have, they could self-fund, which is basically say, we're just going to deal with this issue if it occurs. We're not going to put aside specific assets or purchase insurance to do that. Obviously, the second one would be because we know that Sam – is probably not in a situation where he can qualify for long-term care. We might consider in basically creating an insurance contract for Sue. The cost to do that, and not for the full 8000 a month, but really for about 5000 a month, would cost about $4,000 per year. Those premiums could, be, could come from, A, retirement plan distributions, uh, Roth distributions, or even from their trust account. Increasing that level of income isn't going to tilt their apple cart in regard to um, their capital or their income flow. So that certainly is an option. But there's also another option they could do, right, Rob? Absolutely. They could purchase a fixed annuity with a long-term care benefit in their trust accounts. Interest earned is credited to the contract and pays for the long-term care benefits. And so this is important because, unfortunately, if you are going to be looking at what's called a self-funded contract, which would be using a fixed annuity or sometimes uh, we see life insurance coupled with long-term care, you have to use after-tax assets in order to do this. You cannot hold them inside of your IRA account. And it really is to your benefit because if the long-term care benefit were needed to be paid out, it's tax-free to you. If you held it inside of an IRA account, it would become taxable. So although it seems like um, hamstringing a little bit or limiting your options, it really is creating a tax benefit for you by using um, after-tax dollars to do this. And I was going to say what, what's kind of um, – what's, what's a very positive thing right now is we know that uh, fixed annuity interest rates, just like other interest rates, um, have gone up over the, over the last several years. So what we're doing is we're actually seeing contracts that are being credited with a reasonable rate of interest 
um, that interest is being retained in that contract. A portion of it is being used to pay for the long-term care premium. So this particular contract, in their case, could be considered a part of their overall fixed income strategy and done inside their trust so that that interest that was earned inside of that fixed annuity contract um, isn't subject to income tax. And as you were saying, Aaron, if they get to a situation where they have to begin to make withdrawals, they're tax-free. So you're really you're really talking about you know tax-deferred interest and then a tax-free income flow. Doesn't get better than that. That's right. I agree with you. And I know that um, based upon the answering of certain healthcare healthcare answers, um, that benefit that they have could be magnified. It could be equal to their, and I'll let you go on that, that babe. Oh, I was just going to say, because you are using your own assets to fund the benefit, it is a much lower threshold for qualifying for long-term care. Traditional contracts, you pay a premium, and if you meet the qualifications of the contract, meaning you lose two activities of daily living and need substantial assistance therein, you'll trigger your benefit, which is you know, most people would consider the beginning the return of premium, but really the insurance company considers it in their pocket. Whereas if you uh, use your own funds to fund a policy using either a fixed annuity or a life insurance contract that has a long-term care benefit attached to it, um, one, your que- your health questions are less strict. And then secondly, in some cases, especially if you're using um, a fixed annuity product, they often offer the opportunity to magnify what you have contributed to the policy um, to return in long-term care benefits. So just to use an example, if Sue and Sam said that they wanted to contribute about $100,000 to a long-term care contract, if we were only going to write this on Sue because she's healthy, um, if she passes at the highest health rating, then the insurance company will say, okay, Sue, if you trigger your benefit, losing two activities of daily living, you don't just have 100000 plus the interest accrued inside of the contract. We'll be willing to give you 300000 in long-term care benefit. Now, you're going to use your money and interest first, but once you've exhausted that 100000 plus interest, you get to dip into the insurance company's bucket and begin to use that remaining 200000 The benefits some people consider of one of these contracts is that if Sue never happens to use her benefit or she doesn't eat through the full 100000 plus interest that she's earned inside of the contract, that stays with her estate if she happens to pass away. She doesn't lose that as many people consider, you know, paying for premium for a policy that you never used as a loss of money. You know, I think, you know, that's that's a really that's a really good point. And again, what's nice is, is that these folks are in a position where they do have options. Um, and frankly, um, doing the planning for them put them in a situation where they could have some peace of mind of knowing that as these contingencies occur, whether one spouse dies early, whether one of them becomes ill, we have a ca- we have a game plan created to deal with the cash flow needs so that that so that both of them can, you know, maintain the lifestyle that they have. And that's really what it is. I mean, the truth is a retirement game plan is really a financial plan. So 
having a coach, having someone that there to assist you, as well as other professionals like an attorney, making sure that you have the correct documents to have the legal foundation to support your plan, um, it's just extremely important. And I'll tell you the truth. It's for us. It's fun. Um, love having these conversations, not only with clients, but with new clients, being able to lay these game plans out in front of their eyes on our electronic whiteboard, um, gives them, I think, at least we have found confidence and maybe more important clarity. The more information we can give back to them in terms of how someone, a third party is looking at their financial situation, puts them in a position where, um, they can expand their thinking. It's all Absolutely. good. And it, and it not just as good as fun. I mean, we, we really enjoy doing this and, uh, I would say, and Aaron, I'm sure that you, and Rob, you, I'm sure that you would agree with me, is that when we're visiting with somebody and they're just wondering, can we do this? Can we make this? Is this really going to happen? And that light bulb goes off. They're looking at the numbers or seeing things and say, you know, this really can happen for us. Um, just being there uh, at that moment when they're experiencing this, it's just, it's, it's, there, it's a thrill. I mean, it, it really is to see this and the joy that comes to their faces, etc. The cool part is, is that for most of the folks, I mean, almost 90 plus percent of the people that come to see us, they want confirmation. And, and, I, we're, and we're in a position where we can give it to them. And I think that's great. Well, I, you know, it, it just really made me think of something, which is that, that turn of phrase, which is um, a goal is just a dream until you write it down. Well, I think a lot of people have the dream of retirement. They're working towards retirement. Their entire working careers are putting money into their retirement accounts. They're saving. They're planning. But when they come in to see us or when you sit down and do the math and you see that you're able – we put the plan together in writing, it truly isn't a dream anymore. It really becomes a goal, and we get to sit there in that moment and with people experiencing that the dream that they've had for probably more than 30 years actually gets to become a reality, and we just have to work the plan. That's right, which is great, because the truth is is that the financial plans aren't really written for you. They're written for us to follow. What you do is um, you're, you're, you're basically creating – you're giving us the ingredients, which is your capital, your goals, et cetera, so that we can put the plan together. So it's a lot of fun. We do enjoy doing that. You know what else is fun? We have a caller on the line. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Good morning. Steve. Good morning. How is everyone? Fantastic. Good. Good. Uh, got a got a question. I've uh, I'm 58 years old. Uh, I'm going to be paid from my current employer till I'm 59 and a half. I'm basically working, uh, uh, not working, but I'm working as a consultant there. Um, got uh, assets of around 1.8 in various 401k annuity stocks bonds, things like that. No debt. My house is paid off. At 59 and a half, uh, that's when my insurance will run out with the company. Do you think a single man, uh, can a person live on that uh, a fairly decent income, say 100000 a year, and not draw heavily on the principle of, of what the assets are? Something I wanted to say for the kids. Dad, I thought you'd want to jump in on this one. 
Well, I, what's important, I think, what we would want to do is to really um, is for you to go back and to key into what your current spending is, not what mm-hmm. you'd like it to be or what it would be, but what it actually is. Well, right now it's much less than a hundred, but okay. uh, after taxes that I spend a year, it's probably closer to fifty fifty five. Okay, but so, you know, so, so I might want to travel, and I may want to take the kids someplace a little bit. So that's the reason I was going going up to it. Well, if you don't mind my asking, um, are you are you traveling? Do you do any travel today or not at all? Okay, so I think what we would probably do is, is we would say, okay, you're currently spending about five thousand a month net. You may want to add, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand a month to that number for that type of consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take that number, multiply it by twelve, increase it by twenty percent. And that probably gets you somewhere into about the eighty some thousand dollar per year area. Uh-huh. That being the case, if you know, if we were to look at one point eight million, I think that was the number that you gave us in total. Right. Mm-hmm. Was if we take if we take four percent of one point eight million, I believe that that number is um seventy two. Seventy two thousand a year. So that's six thousand a month. And we're not we including that, your social security benefits yet. Which which eventually would kick in and probably is somewhere in the area between Twenty-eight and thirty-five hundred dollars per month. Oh, so adding this, I will. I will also have a pension from my union oh. of about five of about five thousand a month. As five thousand well. a month. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Well, this has all the makings of a rock star segment. Oh my gosh. A- a- so, but, abso- but here's my here's my fear, and and I just don't know. Uh, and again, I'm going to have to start paying for for my health care and everything. I guess one of the questions I would ask on the Social Security, do you suggest in my situation, hold off as long as I can? My, my, I have a, a lot of longevity in my family. Uh, now they haven't lived the life I've lived, but uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've enjoyed my 58 years. Let's put it that way. Um, and, uh, I, I would probably tell you absolutely no. Take it. Okay. Yeah, you would take it. And the reason that the only reason that you wouldn't take it is if between um, – actually 62 which is the earliest mm-hmm. and 60 and 60 uh 67 that you might be going back to work exactly. you might be consulting That's... in some way so what we typically do with those clients is we say let's wait and see where we are at that particular moment in time mm-hmm. um, if we decide to elect that benefit and then for some reason during the first year um, you do you do go back and you we do see that your earnings are going to create a social security take back situation you have some options. You can either be locked in at that level forever, mm-hmm. or you can repay that benefit during the first year. But from everything you're telling me, uh, you're in a you're in a really good place because five thousand a month. If you're saying, "Hey, I really want to have eight thousand a month," well, mm-hmm. three thousand a month, thirty six thousand. That's about two percent of one point eight million. So you're so you're deep. In terms of being in a in the safe withdrawal corridor, you're half of what it would be. So and I think then it could go to almost is, nothing when you turn on your Social Security benefit. So you might be in a right. position where you're drawing a little bit more from 59 and a half to 62, 63, maybe even up to 67, potentially, if you are going to you know, consult all of those years. And mm-hmm. then as soon as you turn your Social Security benefit on... And your pension. And you'll have the pension on, you... Well, you'll only be drawing from your assets to take your family on those really fabulous vacations. And that also assumes that if you're 57, 58 now, that we don't see any growth in those accounts over the next five to seven years. 
Right. True. True. Yeah, now, and, and certainly healthcare isn't an issue for you either. You'll have COBRA, which will go on for 18 months, and then we still have the Unaffordable Care Act that will permit you to access coverage without any pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. You can take that all the way through until um, you reach uh, Medicare age of 65. Or alternatively, you could be in a situation where maybe you get a consulting gig. And maybe okay. one of your one of your things that you say is, "Hey, guess what? I'll be happy to work for you, but I want health insurance." Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that could be a prerequisite. And as Aaron would tell you, once you become eligible and participate in the plan for one day, that then reactivates the eighteen months of COBRA. Right, you have a new eighteen months um, window to begin. So okay. I think you've got a lot. I think you've got a lot of options and a lot of fun here. But what's mm-hmm. also kind of coming into my mind here is that because you talked about your children doing things with them. Well, I think what's nice is that once you feel comfortable with the income flow that you'll be having mm-hmm. and seeing that your lifestyle can be maintained and you're looking at your capital and hopefully you'll, you'll be seeing it growing over a period of time, you mm-hmm. could be in a position where you could say, you know what, I want to enable these kids. And, I, want to make, was- I, want, I want to make some gifts. I want to do these things. And, and frankly, um, it's kind of nice to be in that position because, honestly, um, our generation is really the first generation to truly have wealth. And and here's my question to you, Jeff, and that was the big part, part two of this question. And, Aaron, you may want to close your ears on this. Uh, <laughs> I have been on my own since I was 12. Everything I've got was on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tooting my own horn, but uh, nothing was from my family, and I think it was for the best. Is it? Am I doing a disservice to my kids to think that I want to pass that on to them? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't think, Jeff? Yeah, okay, I just not in the make, least. I, I, I think that I, I th- all I would suggest to you is that your children may benefit from your life's work mm-hmm. in ways that are different than yours, but also in ways that are important to them. And so what I would suggest is, is that once you feel comfortable with where you are and you begin to want to enable them by making gifts, um, what I would suggest here is that you do them in an event-driven format. When important events come up for them, whether it's the purchasing of a home, starting a business, et cetera, et cetera, what you can do is you can be there and become – the banker, if you feel like right. tr- educating them with money is, or actually in gifting and letting them see them enjoy this wealth. And I, I think, I think you're in a great position. And frankly, um, I'll be honest with you here. What I think about it doesn't mean a damn thing. Oh, <laughs> what it really, what really, what, what, what really, what really is what's important to you. I understood. understood you know, and you, know, I, you, know I we, you know, we, you know, we all I do well, thank, well thank you. And I would just mm-hmm. say, you know, we all come to our life, these relationships with our own baggage, which mm-hmm. is all the stuff that we took in in our upbringing. Mm-hmm. So being someone that was independent, someone that was a self-made person, um, are things that, frankly, I'm sure you would like to be able to pass on to your children. In, yeah. in a meaningful way, and I'm pro- and the fact is, they probably have because our kids and mine are sitting right there. They're sponges, okay? <laughs> they absorb everything 
that they've not that we've ever given. Sponges. Right. That, well, <laughs> not financial well, sponges. <laughs> uh, excuse, excuse me. Thank you for that defense. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Nobody, you, nobody ever tells you how the kids get more expensive as they get older. Okay, yeah. the parents, yeah. my folks, kind of forgot to mention that part as, as far <laughs> it goes. But um, you know, it is a joy, and I would say that you're in a position here. It sounds like that you can not only enable them if you want to, but at the same time, um, create experiences, memories, that type of stuff, and that's a lot more important than the money. And one well, thing. Thank you. One thing I would add, Steve, is, you know, you have a sizable uh, asset base in your retirement accounts. You know, when you talk about leaving it on to children, I don't know how you're fixed for life insurance. But, you know, there because of the new rule changes, your descendants will be forced to liquidate your retirement accounts if they inherit them within 10 years. You're, yeah. you're young enough to get a life insurance policy that would mitigate a lot of those taxes because I'm sure, you know, when we talk about you know, leaving these things on, you want to leave them on to the people you want them to, to get to have them, not uh, a sizable chunk going to the government. So that that could be a strategy that you want to employ like, hey, you know, these accounts have grown quite a bit. Uh, I don't like the idea of leaving uh, whomever with a giant tax bill. How do I mitigate some of that? You may, so may want to stop could into come, the office. Some, right. Some gifts could come before you pass. Some gifts come after. Right. Well, and, and uh, Frank, getting to your point, uh, as I stated earlier, I, I haven't lived the, the cleanest life. I've done very well, but uh, it was all through being frugal and some wise investments. But uh, the last I checked, I am ineligible for life insurance due to sleep apnea and some other things. Uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know. So I, have, I currently have no life insurance. It could well, be. Let, well, let me, again, all I was going to suggest here is that there are a lot of estate planning strategies that can be employed. Life insurance is certainly one that mm-hmm. is extremely effective if it's available to you to do that. But this is something, um, you know, the truth is we, we obviously appreciate the opportunity to almost have like a mini coaching session with you here. Mm-hmm. But frankly, um, these are great conversations to have with an advisor because we can really dig deep into what are your goals? Where do you want to go? What are the time periods that you want to, try to achieve some of these things and really create that game plan that I like to think of it as the yellow brick road to, mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go. And frankly, Steve, um, you're going to have a lot of fun, my friend. Stay, <laughs> well, thank you. Stay, a lot more stay, fun. Stay, you know, stay, stay healthy, do your thing. Um, talk to your advisor. Obviously, you know, we're here. If you don't have one and you feel like um, Mm -hmm. you're interested, you're wanting to engage um, in these conversations, it's great. And, um, you know, we do this every day, and it sounds like you're going to have a lot of fun. So good luck to you. Thank you all very much, and have a great weekend. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. I think we should take our last break of this hour because we're running up against the 11 o'clock hour. So Let's do it. Uh, We've got a few text questions on deck. We'll get to those as soon as we get back. The future of vehicle inspections is now at St. Paul Cadillac. Hi, this is Joe Clements. We are excited and proud to now offer you the latest in vehicle inspection technology. It's called UVI. Imagine getting an MRI scanned for your vehicle, and St. Paul is the only dealership in the Midwest to offer you this technology. You have to see it and experience to fully appreciate UVI. The underbody scanner will produce a high-resolution imagery in just seconds, and machine learning algorithms will expose mechanical and 
safety issues that will be shared with our SAPOL service professionals. You will receive a full report detailing fluid leaks, misaligned parts, rust, tire wear, or damaged components. UVI will even let you know where every scratch or dent is located on your vehicle, ones you might not even know existed. UVI is the future of vehicle inspections, and it's only at SAPOL Cadillac. Come by today and see for yourself or schedule an appointment. The future of service is here. UVI only at St. Paul Cadillac, I-55 at the Herculaneum Auto Mall exit. This is Aaron Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email at Aaron at jblfinancial.com to arrange your free coaching session. Let's get started on your retirement game plan today. Now, now back to Straight Talk on Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, welcome back to our last few minutes of Straight Talk on Retirement this Saturday morning. We've got a couple of text questions on deck, so let's hit those before it's time to go. And our next texter says, hey, can you go over the survivor benefits for a person that's been married twice and just recently the spouse on the second marriage passed away and this person uh, that would receive the benefit is turning 60 old, sixty years old this year. Yes. So because the individual who was turning 60 this year was married for at least one day to the individual that passed away, they are eligible for survivor benefits on that spouse. Because they were they were remarried before 60 years old, they will never be eligible for survivor benefits on the first spouse. That's complicated. It's a little complicated, and it gets more complicated because you're eligible for the survivor benefit beginning at 60 years old. The nice thing about this is the survivor benefit does not impact any of your other options. For example, in our texter's case, they actually have three different benefits that they can elect on that are not the survivor benefit. So let's just hypothetically say that they elect the survivor benefit at 60 it's going to be discounted by their age but it'll be the full benefit of the individual that just passed away discounted till they're six by the elector's age which is 60 years old they can then wait until 62 or their normal retirement age and they'll have three other benefits to choose from their own benefit or Two spousal benefits, meaning they could elect a get 50% of either of their previous spouse's benefits, the widow, the uh, individual that passed away, or the living spouse, as long as they had been married to both of them, obviously independently of one another, for a 10-year period. So, Unless they live in Utah, of course, right? You know, that's interesting. I don't know how that one would work. I think it's not federal. You're not allowed to be married to more than one person. So you only get to pick if each spouse they were married for at least 10 years, then they would have access to two different spousal benefits. They'd still have access to the survivor benefit if 
um, the survivor benefit was more lucrative than the final benefit, which is their own benefit to elect on. So this individual has quite a few options. My suggestion is to give Social Security a call so you can get all of that data before you make an election. And uh, we just received a uh, quick follow-up. Can we get the phone number to that single guy with 1.8 million thanks in advance? (laughs) (laughs) If we could, you know, we would be happy to play retirement matchmaker. Steve, if you're out there listening, you got to keep yourself in. And he's interested. In the best shape possible because, yeah. The ladies are available. Got them lining up. That's right. And our next uh, texter writes, Dad, this is this is uh, your favorite. We're going to lead the show out with a fan favorite. What are the pros and cons of universal life insurance? An acquaintance of mine has a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar policy that was supposedly paid up, but sounds like they will now owe some high premiums over the next four years. It sounds like the cash value will be gone during the next four years. I'm guessing the policy will lapse in 2029. Thank you. I think it was a $125 million policy. Is that what? It, it has a little M next to it. $125 million. Well, nonetheless, the, the principle remains the same behind the universal life contracts. Right. What, what's happened here is it sounds like, uh, unfortunately, because interest rates went down, the cash accumulation in the contract wasn't large enough as it was planned so that it the premiums or those term charges that were associated inside the contract would be carried by the interest growth in the cash value. So you've got a couple of of options here. Number one is um, you can get what's called an enforced illustration showing, and if you want to, and you can do this directly with the home office if you're still, unless you're still talking to your agent, not unhappy with them. (laughs) And you can basically say, I'd like to put an X or Y amount. And the insurance company will run you and say, here's a projection based upon our current interest rates assumptions, and this is how long the contract would be carried. So I would certainly suggest that if, if, if this is an important part of your estate plan, whether as Rob said before, maybe to pay taxes, um, maybe it's being used as an inheritance, maybe it's being used for charity, whatever it would be, it's important to maintain this contract. The insurance company should be able to help you um, with that, with figuring out what is that minimum number, because what they're doing is they're just giving, they're just throwing a number out there um, that's really based upon not letting the policy lapse in that year. So depending on how long you want to keep this in force, it's going to almost be like a level term insurance contract for you. Excellent. So talk to your agent. I mean, that's the whole, that's the big deal. And if you'd like, you can always talk to us by giving our office a call, 314-863-0008. Log on to our website, jblfinancial.com, and click in the Contact Us button, or sending any of us an email, aaron at jblfinancial.com. Have a great weekend. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and JBL Financial Services, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial. See you listening next week at 9 for more straight talk on retirement with your retirement coaches.